Hello? Hello? Is this thing... Is this thing on? Me, it's Garrett. Oh, okay, ready, ready. Okay, let's go, let's go. Let's snowball. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Any feedback from last week's show? Oh, there's always feedback, Gareth. You know that. You know that people love giving feedback. Um, it was actually more about the pill. Spontaneously foaming douching pill suppository. Correct. I was thinking that maybe we would just call it the Ming. Sure. You know, not narcissistic or anything. Well, it really does what it says on the tin then, doesn't it? Yeah, you got minged. You need to clean that out with a ming. Ooh, I'm minging. Not, not that one, no. The feedback was um, from a very avid listener, basically saying that what if you had minged and you'd used burnt toast and perhaps you were due for a stroke? And while that was happening, you forced them to continue, but because you just thought it was your burnt toast ming, but really they were having an episode. That is a good point. Maybe just don't go with the burnt toast flavor. You've got other flavor options. I'll talk to R&D. I'll talk to R&D and make sure that that feedback makes it all the way to myself. <laughs> all right, enough of your imaginary entrepreneurial ideas. Um, I wanted to ask you, it's coming up to Chinese New Year and I was wondering if you'd made any plans for the Year of the Ox. Funny you should mention, because the Year of the Ox is actually my year. You're an ox person. What does that mean? People always think that ox and cows are stubborn people. I'm not stubborn. You know me. I'm Googling as we talk, and Google is saying that people who are born in the Year of the Ox uh, are known for their hard work, for their positivity, and their honesty. So I'm just going to choose the ones that I want to believe in. It's an all or nothing kind of gig. You're an ox. You get the, all of the ox stuff. Am I positive? I guess so. Am I um, hardworking? Mm... Your boss is listening to this. I hope she isn't actually, but regardless. <laughs> uh, also, according to my extensive research, oxes are weakest in their communication skills. They're not good at communicating with others. And they even think that it's not worthwhile exchanging their ideas with others. They're stubborn and stick to their own ways. Okay, so that S word came up again. But you definitely know that I love sharing my ideas with you, you know? Remember when we saw that person paddleboarding in Barcelona? You like giving feedback, but I'm just not sure that you're very keen on receiving feedback. Oh, I fucking hate receiving feedback. <laughs> I want to actually, a quick, quick question for you. Um, do you know what animal you are? Like in the Chinese zodiac? Of course I do. I'm a rat. Oh, you are? Hmm. Oh, so hold on a second. I thought it was the year of the rat last year. <laughs> yeah, you're forgetting I'm a little older than you. So I'm like jumping up and, and like wiggling in my seat right now because I always forget how old you are. And I always think that the time that we met back in London, you were the same age as I am now. Do you see where this is going? I think I do and I don't like it. <laughs> so Chinese people hate asking how old you are. So instead they will always ask uh, what, what animal year you were born in. 
to avoid that awkward question of like, just tell me how old you are. And they will do like math. So for example, now that I know that you are a year of the rat, I remember the story that the rat was came in first because it sat on the ox's head to cross the river at the, at the final bit of the race. So it jumped off the ox's head and won. So that means that as of this year, you, because there were 12 animals, you turned a multiple of 12. So you are clearly 60. Rude. And it's all lies. <laughs> you also mentioned that you're Pisces. Pisces, they're artistic, but they can get moody when things aren't going your way. Familiar? I feel like that, again, is alluding to being stubborn, not taking on feedback. Do I believe in all of that? Maybe. How about you? I know I know when you're born, so I just don't know the star signs very well. What, what are you? I'm Sagittarius. Typical. You're such a Saggy. No, totally. Because Sagittarius is optimistic and enthusiastic. And you really do bring that to all facets of your life, Gareth. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> um, but do you know what I want to know, which I don't think we did Google prior to this. Do you know, are Pisces and Sagittarius compatible? Oh, I don't know that. But I do know that oxes and rats are, so we're good on that front. That's true. All right, well, we don't believe in horoscopes anyway. Let's move on. Okay, so my next thing that I want to talk to you about, actually, because we did kind of touch on this previously, only fans, thoughts, comments, questions, queries, doubts, go. I'm not an expert on OnlyFans, uh, but I remember we were talking last time and I said that I got catfished by someone pretending to be you with an OnlyFans account. And that was plausible because I could imagine you having an OnlyFans account. Oh, really? It's so mainstream now for everyone to have an OnlyFans account. Oh, so you're calling me mainstream now. You're calling me basic. Keep going. My point is that pretty much everyone we know has an OnlyFans account. True. And you know what, actually, I feel as though it's a very entrepreneurial way to make money. Did I say that word right? I think so. Yeah, like, honestly, with the pandemic, if you got the goodies and people are willing to pay for it, why not? But it also sort of reflects a changing perception of sex work and porn, much more of a mainstreaming of all of that. You know, lots of celebrities now have an OnlyFans account as well. I was actually very surprised. I guess like someone mentioned to me one time, like, oh, Shea Coulee has an OnlyFans. And I was like, oh, really? Whatever floats your boat. But then they were like, actually, it's more about art. So people are also setting up OnlyFans, not just for um, for people to like watch as porn, but also if you are an artistic fan as well. So like maybe you do other other work as well that you want to get money from. So why not? So I also think that that's pretty smart. Yeah, it's a distribution model that can be applied to all sorts of different things, not just getting naked and getting off for the camera. Could we maybe just take the OnlyFans model and we would just change one letter. It would be like OnlyFans, where we would just post pictures of delicious flans. <laughs> How much would you charge for an OnlyFans subscription? I feel as though a, a delicious flan goes for like, if you were to buy your own flan, that's like at least 
a good 30 40 dollars to serve six to eight people <laughs> so maybe just the picture of it i'd say four dollars <laughs> just a slice could your only flans concepts apply to any other examples well maybe we can quickly workshop that now like as i said you just change a letter or add a letter so i do this in my head a lot when i'm trying to think of like words that rhyme i just go through the alphabet so i'm like only ands only fans only only cans just about recycling good that's a good one only dan's yes and we have lots of friends called dan that's an easy one there's a lot of dan's in the world isn't there but you can also do it for fans only flans only dan's only only dan's can subscribe to dan's only that's a niche market i think that has potential that's where you need to make the money, find the niche, and then like jack up the prices. Yeah, really lean into it. Like it's porn of Dan's for Dan's. Like it's. <gasps> I didn't even think of the porn aspect. I was just going to post like LinkedIn face headshots of them. No, it's Dan on Dan action. <gasps> Gareth. <laughs> Dan on Dan dick down. Anyway, speaking of erotic content, uh, I mentioned on a previous episode that I'm working on some erotic gay fiction. And obviously you're very good at giving feedback on that, but we also got some feedback from one of our listeners. So just to recap, the story that I'm working on is called Mountain Men. The hero of our story is Robbie. He's a young guy finishing school who decides to go and spend the summer with his uncle, Walt. Walt is a forestry ranger and he lives in a remote part of the Canadian mountains. Walt's neighbour is Aiden, who's like a big mountainy, berry kind of guy. So last time we talked about this, I was struggling with how to build up some sexual tension between the guys. And we had a suggestion from longtime listener, first time caller, Lawrence. Now, Lawrence is suggesting that Robbie and Uncle Walt are out on a hike in the forest when they come across Aiden, skinny dipping in a river. They don't reveal themselves to Aiden, but Robbie notices that Walt is clearly aroused. When Robbie and Walt get back to the cabin, Robbie decides to broach the subject with his uncle. What do you think? Does that scenario have some potential? Yes, perhaps it's very Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors. Like Aiden keeps on walking in on Robbie and Walt in different scenarios. This time skinny dipping. Next time making s'mores naked. So you're saying that there's some sort of action happening between Robbie and Walt on an ongoing basis and they just happen to like doing everything naked and Aiden keeps on walking in on them again you know um and then eventually the the activities that he keeps walking in on just become very sexual like perhaps one time it's just like the the climax of when he finally walks in on them it's like Doors open, I'm face down, make no noise. <laughs> In a way, Robbie and Walt are playing some sort of game with Aiden to draw him. <gasps> are they, after a while, do they cotton on? Aiden is actually interested. And so then the chaser becomes the chasee. I love that. I love that. Lawrence's suggestion is really helping us move this story forward. But obviously your twist on it is the goal that's going to make this a bestseller. Okay, so I have now questions for you. What kind of like scenarios are you imagining? Um, especially the ones where they're like, we need to, you know, 
arouse Aiden and like, how do they make it known to him that they're also interested? Good question. I'm thinking an outdoor shower scene. I think an outdoor shower scene, oops, I dropped my towel, or could you pick up the soap for me is always a good you know, angle to take. I think, and especially because, you know, I'm a stickler for details. Are we talking like camping shower? It's a bucket of cold water on a chain. Like the flash dance scene, you know, you sit down on a chair and pull the chain and the water cascades over you. Okay, give me one more. Give me one more. Well, chopping wood's such an obvious one, isn't it? But Aiden's the wood chopper, so I'm not quite sure how that works out. Maybe Robbie goes to collect some wood from Aiden and his pants come down. <laughs> oh, my pants fell down. I hate this person. He's always such a flirt. Next question. Like, what do we have to workshop next? What Now that we've done the introduction, we've done the setup of how they meet. I'm guessing we're getting to the actual sex part of the novel. So, like, do I get to help you workshop that? Yes. These are rugged, outdoorsy men. So it's going to be brutal and rough and, you know... Not very romantic. Oh, interesting. Maybe maybe people who do listen, they can also provide some ideas about the intimacy portion of the novel. Who does what to who? You've got three guys in a mountain cabin. What's going to go down? Hold on a second. But I'm going to throw out a very outlandish concept. Can they not be gong, 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 versatile? <gasps> don't be ridiculous it's just like real life it's black and white one <laughs> or the other you don't get to choose this this is like the sorting hat has decided top oh i really hope i'm versatile bottom maggie smith just standing there in the corner <laughs> well it is what it is <laughs> Agrid. Agrid's like, yes. <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> Enough Harry Potter roleplay. Oh my God, can you not do one based on Harry Potter, an erotic novel? Not since the JK Rowling transphobia, I don't think. Oh, true. Uh, right. As gay men, we're contractually obliged to talk about drag race. And there is, to say the least, an abundance of drag race for us to get our teeth into. We've got both US and UK series on our screens right now. Let's look at the US show first. What were your feelings about episode three of season 13? Okay, so US Drag Race, I loved it, period. I loved, I loved, it was a great week for Drag Race globally. Gonna just quickly say, Kamora Hall, I, I'm always rooting for my Asian girl, I was kind of like worried and scared for her after episode one, but I'm okay with the fact that she takes six hours to get ready. I feel her pain. You can't rush beauty. And sometimes I think that just being beautiful is enough. No, I'm with you totally. She looks stunning, obviously. Uh, and, but they did really play up that taking a long time storyline. They milked that for all it was worth, didn't they? It really also did make her more likable, let's be honest. Like, there's all those memes of, like, when people are like, hey, I'm coming in five minutes, and then there's, like, the person with literally, like, one eye done or, like, not even out of bed. So, like, we all feel the struggle. But then the other thing I want to talk to you about, Tamisha Iman Diamond Dupree. I think I just threw a diamond in there. I don't think... I think she's just Tamisha Iman Dupree. 
you know you've made it girl when you have a double barreled surname or even like and then when it just goes on and on it's beautiful do you know what i'm talking about you're a little bit biased because you've got a double barrel first name oh i never thought of it like that anyway the top two for this week you couldn't really argue with that would seem pretty obvious choices those girls those two are particularly hungry let's be honest like they are so thirsty and hungry for it. it's almost becoming a little bit like maybe you need to just like tone it down a little bit it's kind of like when you go out and then you have that one friend who's like i'm gonna get some tonight and like it's like do you know what we're here to have a good time but you're so thirsty you're so hungry you just go off by yourself like that's how i feel about rose and denali they're like we want this we want this i'm so hungry blah, 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 blah. I think that's a, a bit of a cultural thing, isn't it? Because like, sure, desperation is not attractive, but that's how different cultures present their ambitions, isn't it? Yes, and you look at UK Drag Race. The girls are like, they you can they want it. They play up the line, I'm here to win, but they're also very sisterly. And the other thing that makes it kind of okay to then make fun of them is that they're very self-deprecating. Just switching to UK Drag Race, you can see that almost sisterly approach in the discussion around two queens choosing to do Naomi Campbell. Oh my God, if that was what you want to do is not necessarily what you're gonna do. Like that's what would have happened on US Drag Race, but no, girl, we can all be Naomi's. I love that. Who were some of your favorites from UK Drag Race? Um, I'm still rooting very hard for Tace, but I will admit Astina, she was great. And I don't care that she got her jacket from ASOS. Give me the PK, PKU code, girl. I'll go get my own. <laughs> yeah, she delivered it. Yeah. If you see her as a boy, she is also like, she's very fit. Fit dancer, abs down to her toes, quads up to her neck, you know, that kind of thing. Jumping to the elimination on UK Drag Race, compared to the US season where we're three episodes in and no one's gone home, on the U UK version... We've had an elimination already. A lot of surprise that Joe Black was first out. No, I'm not surprised. I think the right person stayed. But then again, people were more concerned about why did Joe stop uh, lip syncing? And I don't think she stopped. I think she was just interpreting the lyrics. No, fair enough. Yeah, I, I was surprised that Joe was in the bottom three, though, to be honest. I, I'm just wondering maybe she wasn't really getting on with the production team or whether there was some underlying issues that put her in a vulnerable position. Oh, some BTS kind of like issues. That was really the only explanation I had for it, especially considering that next week is a, a singing and dancing musical, when, which is exactly what Joe Black does kind of thing. It is what it is. Now, one of my resolutions for this year is to try and broaden your frame of reference. Sure, you know the choreography to all the hits from the Pussycat Dolls, but your gay history is fairly patchy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, in, in many ways, the events surrounding the Stonewall riots kick-started our current understanding of LGBTQ equality, but there's nothing new about guys who are into guys. Throughout history, we've always been there. Yeah, so basically what I want is for you to learn me about gay shit. Because I think, once again, it really is up to the generation before to teach. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to Greek mythology. 
Now, the ancient Greeks were a fairly sexed up bunch. There's lots of examples of man-on-man action, not just between the gods and mortals, but all over the place. Now, one of the most important stories from that time is that of Achilles and Patroclus. You've probably heard of Achilles. Do you know Achilles? Yes, I've got two of them. Exactly. Now, that's the physiotherapist in you talking. Achilles was known as the greatest warrior of ancient Greece. He's a big deal. Part of the legend of Achilles is that he was invincible, apart from the heel of one foot. And that's why we have this saying about an Achilles heel or the Achilles tendon. Your Achilles heel is the thing that makes you vulnerable. How is this gay? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Now, Achilles and Patroclus, I'm saying that wrong. Achilles and Patroclus were lovers. They were distant cousins and they'd grown up together. And Patroclus was a few years older than Achilles. Achilles and Patroclus fought together in the Trojan War. And Patroclus was killed by Hector, who's the Prince of Troy. A lot of movies in my mind now are starting to come together. (laughs) Exactly. All of that is good context. So Achilles was devastated by the death of Patroclus. He was enraged with grief. And so he killed Hector and dragged his body behind a chariot. Now, Achilles was also killed in the Battle of Troy. And at Achilles' request, his ashes were combined with those of Patroclus so they could be buried together. But Achilles ain't dead yet. No, Achilles was also killed in the Battle of Troy. So they they both died in, at Troy. In each other's arms? Like holding each other? Last breath? Good last breath. <laughs> now, one interpretation of the story surrounding Achilles is that Achilles' heel relates to his relationship with Patroclus, that his love for Patroclus is what made him vulnerable. Oh, a metaphorical heel. Exactly. Uh, So because when Achilles lost Patroclus, his grief clouded his judgment as a warrior. So Patroclus was the Achilles heel. Isn't the the other story about your Achilles heel is because somebody, one of the gods, Zeus, (laughs) was holding onto him when he dipped him into some like special god water? And that's why that part isn't protected. That's similar. Uh, It was his mother dipped him into the river Styx and held him by the heel. But my point in all of this is that you could see references to having an Achilles heel as being some sort of code for wanting a bit of man-on-man action. We both know that that's not a weakness at all. (laughs) I'm not sure you're a very good student somehow. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even realise that they both died at the same time. (laughs) You did say that, though. I just wasn't listening. You can imagine I'm very good at work. I can just kind of listen to what I want to (laughs) hear. All I'm imagining now is that he had a like an angry boner when the guy died, like filled with rage. Engorged. Full with blood. Jacked with rage and grief, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go avenge my life. Oh God. God. <laughs> you got me. So that's our gay history lesson for this week. I just like that the ashes combined in the urn or wherever they put them. I guess it was an urn. Yeah, they were, yeah, both burnt and their ashes were combined and then the urn was buried. So I guess in this case, really like cousin on cousin action, well, I guess like it's not anything to scoff at. Like it seems more than legitimate, just probably frowned upon, right? Like what? I don't think it was frowned upon in ancient Greece. They were all about that kind of stuff, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. I just think there's a limited population of people. So, you know, got to take it where you can find it. 
<laughs> Are you my cousin? Okay. Well, limited people. <laughs> Are you my brother? Yes. Oh, well. Limited people. <laughs> Thank you. That was very informal. Uh, informal? <laughs> um, that was very informative. Also, and do you know what? Another word, invincible. I was like, he's trying to say invisible. And I was like, no, because that would mean that then Petrocles, Petroclus, Petronas, he couldn't see him. <laughs> Can you imagine doing an OnlyFans with an invisible man? It'd be like those OnlyFans where they've got the remote control um, vibrator up their butt. Hold on, who has the who has the vibrator? The invisible person? Because then it'd just be like the floating, like, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, the not invisible person has it up their butt. I think it might also be like um, the people that use pillows. You know, you've seen people that hump pillows? Yes. Yeah. They could be like, oh, my lover is invisible. Yes, I'm not having sex with a pillow. It's my invisible lover. Yes. <laughs> Don't judge me. I have friends too. People want me. All of the invisible population want to have sex with me. You don't know what it's like. I am <laughs> day in, day out having sex with invisible people. You don't know my pain. You don't know my pain. On that note, that's all we've got time for this week. That's the end of this week's episode. We'll be back again soon for more snowballing and more gay nonsense.